Hello and welcome to the weekly reboot, your regular Friday debrief of things we've heard and seen coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond. Announcing something new coming from us at the Reboot Co. And that is something that we're going to be sending out to all of our loyal listeners and their good friends. And that will be a newsletter that you can sign up for and receive absolutely free of charge into your inbox. An emailed newsletter for free. It's a way where we can deliver you things we've heard and seen that we think can help you, help with your ways of working, and also to get a little closer to who's listening out there and give you something also that you might want to share with others to help them too. So there will be at the very start of this episode's show notes, a link where you can go and sign up for the newsletter, or you can go directly right now to www.rebootco.com.au forward slash newsletter and sign up there. We've made it very easy. There's just one field to fill in hit subscribe and we're away. This will get you straight into our feed and we'll be sending back helpful insights to help you transform your ways of working so people love their jobs. Now this week's mini hack is about putting on your waist goggles. This phrase I've borrowed from the great Mary Poppendieck, a luminary from the wonderful lean community. I saw a talk of hers back in the early thousands, 2000s, where she described all of the activities of building software that were analogous to making goods or the manufacture of goods and all of the waiting steps and wasteful process that she saw was being incurred along the way. She described an act of putting on your waste goggles, that is becoming aware of the waste that exists in the process you use to manufacture your work and how once you create awareness of those wastes and waste removal, you can never unsee the waste or as she says, Once you've put on your waist goggles and you view the world through those goggles, they can't be taken off. So how do we put on our waist goggles and tune our observations into waste? Well, luckily, the identification of the seven deadly wastes help us. The seven wastes were categories of unproductive manufacturing practices identified by Taiichi Ono, the father of the Toyota production system. The categories are an integral part of the Toyota production system, also known by the name of lean production. Now, as I go through the categories, I'm going to give an example to you that's more akin to what we see in software development and also maybe in the corporate world we work in. To make it a little bit more relevant to most of our listeners, most of them work in software delivery or in corporate businesses rather than in car factories. The waste can be easier to remember if you use the moniker Tim Wood, as the first letter of each waste category spells out the word Tim Wood. The first of the seven deadly wastes is transport, or rather transport that's not in control. In manufacturing, this is things like the delivery of goods arriving at the wrong time or unpredictably. In software, an example of transport waste might be releases of software being untimely, either too late or batched up and arriving altogether. It could also be the transportation of software from being developed to being in production. If it requires many steps to deploy that and then manual, and that, that therefore can happen differently each time, you could consider that to be transport that's not in control. I stand for inventory and it's one of my favourite types of wastes. In manufacturing, inventory is things like excess raw materials that clog up your warehouse and eventually deteriorate before they are used. It represents value that can't be released to the customer. In software, user requirements are considered inventory waste. That is, if you have a long backlog of items that are sitting there, they are value that can't be released. And sitting in a backlog or document means that they're going out of date and requiring wasteful energy to review and read all the time. M stands for movement, and this is related to movement of the individual worker. 
So in manufacturing, we try and create an environment that allows the worker to not have excess movement in order to get work done. For software, this might translate to someone who is to flip between lots of different screens and systems to create the lines of code that are delivered to production and, and to create something of value for the customer to use. Jumping between different systems to do this is a waste of the worker's effort. In the corporate world, you may have heard of the term swiveling for customer service agents or desk swivel. We used to use this term when agents had to use more than one desktop computer system to service their requests. Believe it or not, it wasn't so long ago that workers had to tolerate this switching between two different physical desktops in order to get their work done. W stands for waiting, and this is probably the example that you will relate to the most. It's what happens when goods have completed a step in the process, but are waiting for worker availability to progress. That one is easy to understand. It's what happens when some development is completed and it's waiting for a tester to pick it up, for example. We want to eradicate this kind of waste because we want to get code into production and into the hands of the customer to use as soon as possible. So minimizing this wait step might look like not having different people test or making testing an automated part of development. Of course, in most companies, there's heaps of waiting in every department. Waiting is a killer though, because it creates more waste as a byproduct. For example, as soon as a user requirement is waiting to be started, it has itself become inventory. And as we know from before, inventory is waste too. So hopefully you're getting the idea. We categorize and name the wastes so that we can shame them out of existence. Once you can put a name to it, you can see it and it loses its power. It's kind of like Voldemort in Harry Potter in that way. The two O's stand for overproduction and overprocessing. Overproduction is making too much of a thing. In manufacturing, it could be things like too many cars that sit rusty in car lots before being sold, or too many screws of a size that you don't need. In software, overproduction refers to the features we build that never get used. Apparently, there's a huge amount. Over 60% of features that we make in software aren't used. And if you want proof of this, go ahead and open up Microsoft Word and start counting all of the features that it has and think about how many of those that you actually need in order to create a document. Overprocessing is doing too much in order to create value. For manufacturing, it would be putting too much effort into the creation of goods. For example, repeating quality checks too many times that are not adding any further value. For software, it could be the same. Sometimes you see UAT tests performed on features where the UAT is a case of repeating a system test script. So there's very little chance you'll find any new faults and you've put too much effort into producing that feature now. Now you'll have to charge the customer more to make it worth it. And that's not really fair on them, is it? Another example of overprocessing is putting too much effort even into creating requirements or creating stories. If you're spending too long planning or too long estimating, that's, a, that's an example of overprocessing as well. D is for defects, probably the easiest ways to understand because we can all see it easily. Defective goods are those that don't fulfill their purpose or even those that damage the reputation of the business by causing customer dissatisfaction. So goods that arrive well beyond being useful for the customer can be considered defective. In software, it's pretty easy to understand defects because we call them defects. But thinking about that customer satisfaction problem kind of broadens it a lot, doesn't it? because lots of what we might feel are trivial bugs could cause dissatisfaction. Even usage problems where software is clunky would fall into that category. Once you've understood the categories, it's good to practice identifying a few examples that are in your own team or business. 
Having a practice at spotting waste is a good way of putting on your waste goggles. And once they're on, you might find yourself spotting waste everywhere. Spotting waste is also quite satisfying because even if there's a lot wrong with how teams or companies are working, you can derive a lot of satisfaction from removing even a tiny bit of waste from a process. For example, if you notice that you are overproducing features in your team, you can try building less of them and spend a little time testing instead which features actually get used before adding more. And there you've gone and removed some waste and you've also removed some cost for your business and that's helped your customer too. Go you. So let's spend a few moments thinking about you and your team and your company and why not have a go now of thinking some of the waste you might be able to spot and eradicate. That's been our mini hack for the week. I hope you liked it and I hope it helped you. We are Reboot Co, a transformation partner that helps you discover a better way of working. Have you ever considered getting help with facilitation and all other aspects of working better in teams or groups? If you want to find out more about how we can help or anything else you've heard on the podcast, then you can get in touch with us by emailing rebootme at rebootco.com.au or you can follow us and find out more. I'm at Stokesandra on Twitter or follow at The Reboot Co on Twitter or subscribe to our soon-to-be-published newsletter where there are heaps of more ideas, blogs and insights. Go to www.rebootco.com.au forward slash newsletter or subscribe in your regular podcast app and we'll be back in your ears at four o'clock next Friday. Bye for now.